This is the Off Grid Agris Podcast. This podcast is about sharing our journeys into liberty through self-sufficiency, off-grid living, non-compliance, counter-economics, and the Agora. Every episode will contain useful, practical, and applicable information you can use to gain the freedom you deserve. This information is for educational and entertainment purposes only and should not be considered legal or financial advice. You could even consider it to be fictional if you choose. Before we start the show, I want to remind you about The Hitching Post, our free bi-weekly newsletter all about liberty through self-sufficiency and counter-economics. To sign up, go to offgridagorist.com newsletter or click the link in the show notes. Thanks. Let's get on with the show. Welcome, everyone, to the Off-Grid Agorist podcast. I am your host, Regina, and I am here with my co-host, Cyrus. Hello. And today, we are talking about the Bitcoin giga crash of 2021. Oh, no. Cryptocurrency is dead. Me Bitcoins. I lost (laughs) me coins. (laughs) Holy smokes, folks. Yeah, that was brutal. Epic brutal. I mean, there's no way you don't know about this. Even if you're a normie and you're not into crypto, there is no way you did not read some headline from CNBC or Fox or whoever uh, talking about the Bitcoin giga crash. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah. So I have I have crashes kind of categorized. So there's regular dumps, you know, Bitcoin dump. That would be about a 12 to 20% crash. Mm-hmm. Then there's okay. like a, yeah, there's a mega dump, which is, you know, 20 to 30%. 20 to 35% would be a mega dump in my category. Okay. Then there's the giga dump, which is <laughs> a 35 plus, 35 to 60%. And then anything above that, I guess, what would be the next step? Terra? Terra dump? A Terra dump. A Terra dump would be almost certain death for Bitcoin. <laughs> a Terra dump. It sounds like uh, something you might step in in the prehistoric ages. Yes. And you would feel like that, too, if Bitcoin Terra dumps <laughs> and you're owning Bitcoin. I just stepped right. in some dinosaur shit. <laughs> That's funny. So I have thoughts about this dump. What do you think about this dump? Is Bitcoin dead, Cyrus? Uh, no, not at all. Not even close. Not even I close. I think because of why it's valuable, I think it's, I mean, we can get into all of this throughout the episode, but I think this has been a really good thing for cryptocurrency. Yeah. I, I mean, I see yeah. it as a positive. I don't see it as a negative. And I hate to say that because I know some people out there really lost their ass over it. But Mm -hmm. I also feel like those people uh, made some bad choices. And because honestly, if you, unless you were leveraged, what, what, what's that called when you get liquidated? What is the term? 
Like if you're That's, leveraged out? Yeah, liquidated. If you yeah. take on too much leverage, you're basically gambling with house money. And at some point, the house is going to liquidate you to recover their funds. Right. So if mm -hmm. you were not in that position and you just held on to your coin, you're fine. You're almost back to where you were. You know, we're not far from complete recovery. It depends on what coin. But yeah, there are certain coins that have almost recovered. Certain coins have not. But if you held on, if you were not trading leverage and you just held your true blue coins... Your coins are still You still, still there. have the coins. Yeah. It's just the value crashed. Right. But the coins right. are there. Now, if you leveraged and got liquidated, you've lost it all. You lost it. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are people that not only did they leverage, but they borrowed against actual assets that they had. Oof. Yeah. Which is crazy. It's you really know, what quite a gamble. sad. Yeah. It's really upsetting to me that... Uh, what happened to a lot of people just as a, a human being reacting, reacting to another human right. being's pain because these people just got totally wiped out. Not just Americans, a lot of people in a lot of different countries, right. all of their life savings, all of their hard earned money that they've been putting into the market. They leveraged it and they got wiped to zero. All right. And so, and that's, it's really sad. I, I understand if if you're one of those people and you hear me say that I I think this was a good thing, you probably disagree with me and I get that, you know. But Right. Well we'll get into why it was a good thing for the market, but I want to go over some facts just so we can get the scope of the Giga Crash, how large this was, how earth shattering this drop was. Uh it happened May nineteenth. Um so we went on, on May 12th, crypto had grown to a $2.5 trillion market cap. That's the entire mm -hmm. cryptocurrency space. That is a lot of freaking money. That is a huge amount of money being right. traded, being invested in. $2.5 trillion. That's huge. It's massive. Unless May you're the U.S. government. Yeah. And then it's all just funny money. But even to them, you know, they're thinking this is getting a little too big for its britches, I'm sure. On 519, the market cap was $1.5 trillion. So essentially, the market cap lost a trillion dollars in a week. Right. Wow. So ex explain Epic. to people, explain to people what market cap actually means. It's basically the valuation of all coins right? Okay. that are available for trading and on exchanges and things. It's the valuation. So when you lose a trillion dollars, that wealth is being transferred into other people's pockets, basically. Whether it's whales' pockets or the exchanges or people cashing out, which I can guarantee you um, most retail traders did not cash out. <laughs> so mm. I would say this trillion dollar loss went into institutional hands, whales, and exchanges. And I'll explain that in a minute as to why I think that. Uh, we've, bounced, we've bounced back, um, which we've actually bounced back even more since when I wrote all this facts down. But we bounced back to 1.7 trillion. Mm -hmm. uh, and 
basically what happened is Bitcoin went to about 60, 65K and dipped down to 30K in 10 days. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, if you bought at 60, 65K and you saw your Bitcoin lose half its value in 10 days, that's pretty scary. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> um, just for comparison, the last giga dump was in 2017. It was actually the end of 2017, the beginning of 2018. The market cap was $800 billion. And it lost, it went down to $285 billion and lost 65% of its value. But that happened in a month. So you had a month to kind of put the pieces together. Yeah. And this crash, we had 10 days. And it did not even really look like a crash. It looked like it kept wanting to come back up and kept wanting to come back up. It was that mega spike down to 30K that happened Mm -hmm. overnight. That's what really wrecked leverage traders was that giga spike down that no one was expecting. I wasn't expecting it. There's no trading strategy that could survive something like that. You know, it's just a, it's a, uh, it was an organized dump. It was a manipulated market. I was just going to ask you if you think, if you think the difference between this dump and 2017 is the fact that in 2017, the institutional money wasn't there. Uh, I think that's a big part of it. There are less, there is definitely big players. Now we have much bigger players. There was leverage back then, but not nearly like there is available leverage right. now. There is only leverage right. on a couple of platforms. Now all the big all the big exchanges are offering the leverage. More widely available. Yeah, there was a lot of big names that weren't into crypto that are in now, like Elon Musk and Michael Saylor, big names like that. Um, so the last dump, even though it was a vicious dump, it kind of happened over time. It happened a little more naturally. This one had to have been organized. There's no way you can move a trillion dollars off the freaking market cap without being organized, I think. I agree with you. I, th- I think there was some organization behind it. Do you want to hear my conspiracy theory? <laughs> I do. Let me lay it on me. <laughs> okay. This is what I think happened. And I feel like I have some clout in the crypto space on, you know, on my merit that I actually discovered Bitcoin in 2011. And I was thinking about this. When did I discover Bitcoin? What was that moment of discovery? And so I started going through my brain and I remembered it. I remember the exact point of Bitcoin discovery. And it was 2011 and I was in West Yellowstone, Montana, and I was renting a cabin. I lived there for three years. And I remember on the phone with my brother, I said, hey, have you ever heard about this thing called Bitcoin? And then the rest is history. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I've been watching and observing markets and participating in markets for literally 10 years. I, I didn't buy anything back in 2011. I didn't really start really getting involved until 2017. 
but I had been watching this thing and observing for years and years and years and then participating for years and years and years. So I kind of feel like I have a little bit of an idea of what the hell's going on when this kind of stuff happens. You got a little happens. bit, a little bit of street cred. I have street cred. I'm, I'm proud to say it, but I still get screwed. Because <laughs> I will admit, I lost five figures in the ultra mega dump, in the giga crash. I lost five figures. I, I didn't lose everything though, but it hurt. <laughs> right. So it doesn't matter how quote unquote OG you are or how OG you think you are. Most OGs got screwed too. So looking at this thing and being involved in the community and seeing what happened, I mean, all the warning signs were there, but from 30 K from 30 K to 60 K we had the Elon pump and his name got into the space and it created a, almost a hysteria, almost this, you know, influenced hysteria for such a big figure to go in and and just really support crypto and pump it and dogecoin you know that's his coin of choice and to see that pump from sub one penny to 50 cents you know just radical mm -hmm. pumping mm -hmm. so what happened when elon started posting fud just as easily as the market went up as he posted fomo so easily the market came down when he posted FUD. And his big thing was, oh, Bitcoin's a dirty coin. It uses a bunch of coal, this and that. And, but those facts were there before he bought in. So for him to mm -hmm. flip in three months, why, why are you going to buy in $1.5 billion? Flip your opinion in three months. And basically, I, I'm not going to say he single-handedly tanked the market, but I do believe he was involved in a scheme because he is in the inner circle. I know you love Elon, so you might not agree with this or like this, but it's hard for me to not believe that this is what happened. He's an elitist. He's in the inner circle of elitists. He knows these guys. He knows the guys at the top. Okay. It's hard for me to believe that he held Bitcoin through this whole period of time when he fudded Bitcoin at the top and it came down and it came down and it came down, you know, mm -hmm. why would you do that? If you bought that much coins, he reassured everyone that Tesla did not sell coins. Okay. But did he sell coins? Cause Tesla is an entity on its own. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I would say a couple of things to that. I mean, I don't know what he did or didn't do. So I'm, I don't know. This is speculation. Yeah. Yeah, sure. The, I know he was getting some pressure f all about the, the carbon tax shit with SpaceX, which may or yeah. may not have had something to do with him making comments like that. I don't know. His track record is that he, he, he gambles it all like he's, right. he's nearly gone bankrupt a number of times because he puts all of his own wealth into his projects and it, I don't know. 
I don't, I don't really think that's what he did. I, I don't, and you know, like you said, I'm a fanboy, so, you know, <laughs> it's, I'm biased. I'm biased about it, which is fine, but. Well, that's good. It's good to get different opinions. I, uh, there's no doubt that when he says something, it's influential. And so even statements he makes that may seem like not a big deal to him are going to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. And there were other factors, too. You've got the China thing going on, too. Well, this is where the coordinated FUD theory uh, comes oh, in. Oh, okay. Okay. So this is just the Elon is the tip of the iceberg. He just he got the ball rolling. You know, gotcha. he had the pin that burst the bubble, but it was a coordinated bubble burst. So first we have Elon and then it starts rolling. You know, this ball starts rolling and then we have China FUD. China says, oh, we're banning Bitcoin. OK, China said they were banning Bitcoin about 20 freaking times in the past, but the market's already, you know, riled up. So any FUD mm-hmm. at this point, the market's very sensitive to. And then we have USA FUD of, oh, we are going to really regulate coins and we're going to go after tax evaders and we're cracking down on coins. So then the FUD keeps rolling and rolling. So this is all the fundamental side. This is all news moving market side, which no, uh, there is no trading strategy or investing strategy that can predict what's going to happen in the news unless you're an insider. Mm-hmm. Then the the final piece of FUD, which to me was absolutely the most important piece, was the Pope came in and condemned dirty energy use that was directed at Bitcoin. I didn't even hear about that. Oh, Pope FUD. Oh, we got Pope FUD. Pope FUD. Okay, awesome. <laughs> fear, I didn't uncertainty, hear about the Pope and doubt. FUD. <laughs> FUD stands so for got... fear, uncertainty, and doubt, by the way. <laughs> Elon FUD, Pope FUD, China FUD. There's FUD everywhere. Okay, well, it went in a very coordinated series of events. Elon FUD to China FUD to USA FUD to Pope FUD. <laughs> and Covering all the bases. Order. I mean, you got religious, you got political, you got geopolitical, you've got energy, you've got... Oh, my God. Okay. Celebrity. So we have this... Yeah. Celebrity, influencer. So we have this massive... It's hard for me not to believe it wasn't coordinated because these big whales and these institutions that have the billions of dollars of Bitcoin that can move markets like the market moved, they are in cahoots with media channels. And you will Mm -hmm. find waves of news about Bitcoin and you will see the market react and the institutions take advantage of these movements. They cause the movements. Mm Mm-hmm. They are causing the FUD to buy back in lower, to take retail dollars. That's what makes this market so dangerous. There's no doubt that goes on. There's no doubt that they use their influence to siphon wealth at the bottom. Yes. And if you don't think that's happening, then you are kindly mistaken and you will lose it all (laughs) in the markets because you have to see that element. How can we lose a trillion dollars in, what I say, 10 days? A trillion Mm -hmm. dollars in 10 days. You have to be able to move massive amounts of coin. So when you have $100 billion worth of coins and you decide that, oh, I'm going to use $50 of this to dump at the top, to drive those markets down, to scare everybody, 
Everybody panic sells out of their coins because we have immature retail traders that don't understand what's going on. And then they just buy back in at the bottom. Right. Because they can push them. You can push the markets any way you want when you have that kind of money. Right. Well, and, I mean, it, it taught me a lesson because I, I've not been through one of these dumps like this. And the lesson it taught me was uh, don't trade with my entire wallet. Yep. Because I, I was not in a position to buy back in at the bottom when I wanted to. I just had no, uh, my coins were tied up in a position that I had to let it ride out. Or exactly. I felt that way anyway. I didn't want to lose my coins by selling at the bottom, but I had wished I had more in my wallet to buy in at the bottom and I didn't. And so in the future, I'm not going to, I'm not trading with my entire wallet. Yep. Keep a reserve for giga dumps at all times. Yeah. Cause they happen and they happen when you least expect them, even though in hindsight, it's super obvious, you know, in hindsight, I can look back and I see the euphoria at the top, people FOMOing in to these huge prices, oversold prices, uh, Things like meme coins like Doge pumping for really no reason other than influencing. You know, there mm -hmm. was tons of signs. Shit coins pumping. You know, ass coin. There's literally a coin called ass coin. That's pumping. Okay, when that yeah. happens, that's when you have to be smart and sell. But then greed steps in and euphoria is there and everyone's excited. And you just don't see the forest for the trees at the top. And if you're an insider... Every, all these guys are coordinating, you know, all of these mm -hmm. elite bankers and the elite uh, hedge fund traders and, you know, all these people are coordinating. You can't tell me they're not coordinating in the background. Insider trading happens. Why would you say that? That would be illegal. Oh, yeah. Yes, because they are sticklers for the rules. But we need more regulation in cryptocurrency, please. Yeah. Regulation only hurts the retail guys, not the big guys at the top. Uh, there was one final piece of fundamentals, and then I'm going to go into the technical of why it dumped like it did. Because um, the fundamentals, one half. The final piece is there was a uh, chat on 4chan. And 4chan is kind of like a Reddit. Uh, a chat where a person went on and said, hey, everybody, I work for a very, very large institution, a trading institution, and they are planning to coordinate dump Bitcoin to $30,000 at this time, you know, three or four in the morning. So be prepared to buy in. And it's time stamped. It's not doctor. It's on 4chan. You can go to that page and mm. read it for yourself. You can mm -hmm. see this person telling us there's a coordinated dump to 30K at this time. And it happened. It happened right. at the time they said. And the reason all this happened was because the whales, supposedly the whales wanted to flush out a huge whale out of the market. They were trying to flush somebody out. Huh. So that's kind of interesting. I don't know who that somebody is. There's rumors it was Elon. There's rumors it was uh, Justin Sun who owns, I think Justin's son is Tron. There's yeah. rumors it was the guy who owns Binance, one of the big uh, exchanges, the biggest exchange in America, second biggest. 
So that's a little eerie. And no one right. saw that, you know. It was just some random chat on 4chan. Hey, I'm an insider. I work for insiders. I'm warning you, Bitcoin's crashing to 30K at this time. Get out while you can. Buy back in lower. And it happened, like clockwork. So that was a pretty compelling piece of evidence for coordinated manipulation. Yeah. Okay, part two. The technicals of why it dumped as hard as it did. And how and, and, and how it's so easy for these whales to literally manipulate dumps. So everyone decides to utilize leverage. 90% of traders, 80%, 90% of retail traders are using leverage. And what leverage is, let's say I have $1,000 to trade with. And I'm going to buy Bitcoin at $20,000 price. I am going to use leverage which will give me $10,000 to trade with. So instead of buying $1,000 of Bitcoin at 20,000, I can buy $10,000 of Bitcoin at 20,000. And that's house money. Now you're basically going, borrowing. You're borrowing money from the house. Yeah, okay. And if it goes up, you make 10x instead of just trading with your true to, you know, true to coin. Mhm. So it's very tempting because sure. people with small accounts can create big accounts. Especially in a bubble. Especially when everyone's FOMOing in and you see these prices skyrocketing. And if I just buy in here at 10x leverage, now you can take up to 100x leverage. So they will give you $100,000 off of your $1,000. That's insane to me. It's crazy. But if that market moves 1% against you, you get liquidated. So then leverage is tied to percentages. If I take $1,000 and leverage, leverage it 2x to 2,000, the market has to move 50% to wipe out my leverage. 3x, 33%. 4x, 25%. 5x, 20%. 10x, 10%. So the more leverage you trade the higher your liquidation risk becomes. Meaning the less the market has to move down for you to get liquidated. Exactly. Right. Okay. You can also open shorts. So I could say, oh, Bitcoin is going to dump and I can open a short, which is like a reverse trade. So if Bitcoin goes down, I make money. So there's two ways you can you can gamble it going up, you can gamble it going down. They give you all these tools to do this so easily. It's super easy to fuck it up, like super mm -hmm. easy, you know. Oh man, uh, but it's very tempting because a person that comes in with maybe only three thousand, five thousand dollars can grow their accounts so much faster with leverage, and it can be beneficial sometimes, but it can also destroy you. So this is my second theory. I believe all the exchanges, all the big exchanges, because they all talk to each other, all these big guys at the top, they also coordinated the dump with the elite, the institutions, the influencers as well. 
they were in on it, these exchanges. Because what happened is a bunch of retail got in and started taking leverage. And the leverage could not be paid back. You have a two and a half trillion dollar market, probably a third of that is leveraged, maybe even more. And these in, these exchanges were like, holy crap, if these people decide to cash out, like we're done. We can't cover this. We can't cover the 20x leverage, 10x, 50x off people making multi-million dollar moves on the market. We're going to lose it all because everyone betted long on Bitcoin or whatever long. coin. Right. And it's going real long. Right. <laughs> you know, people getting in. Think about it. 30K. 30K was where it all kind of really started, right? The leverage, the crazy leverage with the degen leveragers. And I'm not calling them degenerates. That's just a term in... That's just a term in crypto. These people that leverage like huge amounts. 30, 30K is when it started. That was the Elon pump. All this new money gets in. All this new money gets in with leverage. They're leveraging Doge, which is pumping 10X, 20X on top of 10X, 20X, 50X leverage positions. These mm -hmm. exchanges are out hundreds of billions, possibly a trillion dollars if these people decide to cash out. So they have to tank it. Like they have to tank it or else they're done. Mm -hmm. And so what do they do? They coordinate, the exchanges coordinate with the institutions and influencers and tank it all the way back down to 30K where people were starting to take leverage and liquidating them. Mm -hmm. That is... My ultimate theory. Well, it's certainly plausible. The numbers just make sense too. You know, because if you started taking out leverage at 30K and then you're taking more the whole time up, you know, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. this is going so good. I'm going to take another 5X. I'm going to put my whole paycheck in this time and take another 10X. I'm going to mortgage the house this time and take another 20X because I'm becoming a millionaire overnight. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. No, the exchanges aren't going to let that happen. I'd say less than 10% of retail investors cashed out at the top and most got liquidated. It's a sad story. <laughs> there was no safe amount of liquidation at that dump. There was no, no. oh, uh -uh. I only do conservative 3x uh Margin trading. I only do two x. I only do three x. I only do five x. There was yeah, no. Yeah, you got safety. liquidated. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you were at maybe one and a half x, where you maybe took out, you know, you had a thousand dollars and you took out an additional five hundred. Maybe you got away. Maybe. If you, if you one and a half x at thirty five thousand or less. Exactly. But if you did that at if you did that any higher, you were gone. It was gone. Pretty much every leverage position got liquidated. Yeah. Virtually yeah. every leverage position got liquidated. So all that money went in, back into the exchanges because the house, the house wins. The house freaking wins. Can you, uh, can you stop loss when you're liquid, when you're leveraged? Yes. Yes, you can. So, so if you stop loss, you saved your ass. Yeah. 
If you had a stop loss, but you still which lost most money. people didn't, most people didn't because stop losses, there's that risk that you'll get stopped out and the market will just keep going up. Like it'll pull back, you get stopped out and the market goes up. It's happened to me, yeah. not with leverage trading, but with spot trading. So a lot of people don't like to use stop loss, um, but that would be the smart way. I'm going to gamble. I'm going to do a 5x margin trade, leverage and margin, same thing. 5x margin trade. But I'm also, if it if it dips into my stuff about 200 bucks, I'm just going to stop loss it. So my risk is $200 and my reward is infinity and beyond kind of thing. You know, that would be smart. So there is smart ways you can use leverage, but there was no smart way this time. <laughs> yeah. In a giga dump, which is a once in a four year event, by the way. Well, no, I can't say that. The probabilities are for a giga dump once a year, once every other year, once every three years kind of thing. Mm. Mm. So that leads me to a question before before we get into other things that reasons I think this is a good thing. I'm starting to see chatter about the current position of the market being a trap. Bull trap. Yeah, a bull trap. Is how how could you determine if that's the case or not? Or is that just another one of those things where uh, the big players get to do to the market what they want to do to the market. And if it's a trap, it's just a trap and you can't tell until it's been sprung. Yep. Nailed it. Yeah. Okay. This is a reality well, of trading and investing. Yeah. Yeah. You have and no idea what's around the corner. No one has any idea what's around the corner. And an exercise I did to help break me of that habit of trying to um, predict the future is I'll make little notes on the charts of what I think is going to happen next. So I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I think, I think Bitcoin's going to crash right here. Like right here, it's going to go down or, Oh, it's going to go up to this level. And I literally, yeah. you can text type notes onto your charts. Right. And then Track I see how, how often you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Which is most of the time. Right. And it reminds me that I don't have a crystal ball. So yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good exercise to see how silly it is to try and predict the future. There is no way to know we're in a bull trap. Uh, there are signs. There are some technical analyses that can work like bearish divergence and bullish divergence and you can spot trends. So some of it is, is pretty good. And then there's some manifest destiny stuff where you can kind of go onto Twitter and you can kind of get the market sentiment and kind of, assume or estimate that we're going to have a dip or we're going to bounce or something. So you can do it to a degree. But the reality is we are at the mercy of the big players. This is their game. Mm -hmm. The only thing you can do is react. That puts us back into the mindset that as a little guy, if you're going to play on this field, you shouldn't be playing with money you can't afford to lose and you yeah. shouldn't be making wild gambles. Make safe gambles with money you can afford to lose and 
you can come out on top, but you're not going to be a millionaire by next month. No. I think that's where people get tripped up. They see this. It's the FOMO. It's like, oh, my gosh, I can make so much money so fast. And you just get trapped into that, into the position where you're at the mercy of the big players. Yep. Exactly. And trading is very hard. It looks easy to look at a chart and say, oh, I would just buy in there. And clearly I would sell there. But what you can do is you can kind of scroll that chart back and then just just try to guess where the chart's going to move as you watch, you know, as you scroll back and then start mm -hmm. scrolling forward and and guess, try and guess where the market is going to go. And you will be wrong yeah. most of the time. Right. Yeah. So trading is extremely difficult. Um, investing is difficult to watch these wild swings and not take advantage of the swings with trading. You just have to have a really rock hard gut to, to, to be in this crypto space. Well, and I think that there are, you know, there are three types of people when it comes to playing in the markets. There's, there's the investor. That's the person that they're just buying it and they're planning to hold it because it's going to be worth more long term. Yeah. And then there's the trader who is always trying to increase, uh, increase their holdings in short term gains over a period of time. And then there's yeah. the speculator who is the speculator, I think, is the FOMO. Like they see all this happening and they're like, OK, I'm getting in. And they're just speculating that it's going to make them money, but they really, they don't understand how it's happening. And right. it's just a speculative play. It's a gamble at very best. It's an uninformed gamble. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, your best bet to safely get into crypto is to dollar cost average. In dollar mm -hmm. cost averaging, you set an amount you're going to buy once a week or once a month or every other week. No matter what the price is, you buy it. It's set up. You can set it up automatically to draft out of your bank account. You don't even need to look at the price and you start dollar cost averaging it. That is the best way to take the emotions out of it, to not ride the crazy roller coasters if you're wanting to invest. If you're wanting to trade, I've been leaning more towards the trading side and I've been watching. If I were to just hold Ethereum, how much money would I have made? And if I were to trade this whole time, how much money would I have made? And I'm kind of experimenting and comparing, and I don't have the answer for that yet. Uh, but I've been leaning more towards the trading side and just earning dollars. And the only way I trade is the safest way to trade. It is the QFL strategy, quick fingers, Luke trading strategy. He has probably 30 YouTube videos that he made back in 2017. And he's a professional trader. He's been trading now for over a decade and he's not a hyper, you know, he's not a, he's not a hype it up. He's not a pump and dumper. He's not a shill. He's a professional trader that came in from the stock market to trade crypto. And that is really the only way to trade and no one even knows about him because he's literally in his basement trading. He's making, you know, a fortune in his basement trading, just as Joe Schmo, this random guy. 
So quick fingers loop trading strategy if you really want to trade the markets. Dollar cost average in if you want to invest but you don't know where to start. That's the best way to start. And, and that's really it. And keep leverage out of it. Or if you want to do leverage, do not leverage your whole account. Take a conservative amount of leverage. Set up a stop loss if you want or don't. But you can create sub accounts. So you can have a spot account, which spot is true blue coin trading. I'm buying the coin. I'm selling the coin. Uh, and then you can create a sub account, move a thousand bucks over there. So let's say you have 10,000 in your spot account. You move a thousand bucks in your leverage account and you can trade with margin on on that. And then your spot account is actually safe. Mm -hmm. So if you want well, to dabble with that. Yeah. We should also mention, too, that you don't have to do it with thousands. You can do it with hundreds. Like oh, yeah. For, you could do it with hundreds. Yeah. You know, not everybody has thousands. And so, I mean, you can make a $20 trade if you want to make a $20 trade. But yeah, well, yeah, do it to point, scale. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Do it to scale. A lot of people on Twitter, when this whole crash happened, a lot of them were from very poor countries, countries where they make $30 a month in dollar value and so when they lost they lost big mm -hmm. but to us it's just hundreds of bucks oh that's just mm -hmm. hundreds of bucks to them it's their life savings they lost five thousand dollars that's a huge amount of money for them mm -hmm. so money is very perspective based you know to some people four hundred thousand seems like a little bit of money to other people four hundred thousand seems like a lot of bit of money mm-hmm Sounds like a fortune to some, sounds like a pittance to others, you know. So trade within your comfort zone. And again, diversify. We've talked about diversification. Have that gold, have that silver, ammo, coffee, liquor, invest in still, learn how to still. Food preps, mm -hmm. commodities, rice, beans, potatoes, all those things hold value right now with the market and its uncertainty. Well, I think that covers the uh, crypto crazy town. Yeah, <laughs> crazy town. I like it. Yeah. In our next and then, episode, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to. I think I was just going to say what you were about to say is next okay. episode we're going to talk about everything we've talked about, but from a more agorism point of view. Right. I like that. From the eyes crypto, of the agorist. Crypto and agorist. Uh, do go hand in hand, but quite a few people don't really see it that way. And quite a few people get a little scared of crypto, especially when you see yeah. a giga dump like this. Yeah, especially with the conversation we just had. It's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. you're not in control, the whales are. That's frightening. That can be frightening. So, But it doesn't have to how, be. How can you use it to your advantage as an agorist and etc.? So, cool. All right. Until next time. Talk to you later. Offgridagorist.com. Later.